Hello there, and welcome to the second episode of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. So on today's episode, I'll be discussing the Blue Jays' current dilemma with their center field position. I'll be explaining their internal options that they could use to resolve this issue, and I'll also be giving my personal opinion on how I think the Blue Jays could handle this through the trade market, free agency, all that kind of stuff. So let's get into it. So currently, as constructed, the Blue Jays outfield for the 2020 season would consist of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field, Teoscar Hernandez in center field. Well, that could change, but that'll probably be their starting center fielder. And in right field, we would have Randall Gritchick because of his annoying and immovable contract that the Blue Jays thought it was a really good idea to sign him to last season so in center field we have Teoscar Hernandez earlier this offseason when general manager Ross Atkins was asked about him he said Teoscar's been working out at first base throughout the offseason and that he could potentially play a little bit of the 2020 season at first base now we know the Blue Jays first base options are very thin Right now, the only option at first base really is Rowdy Telez, and Luke Maley has the option to play first base. He's not that great at it, but he's an option there. So, and we also have Kevin Biggio who can play basically everywhere in the infield, but pitcher and catcher. Um, so those two guys would be options at first base. Ideally though, I think the Blue Jays see Teoscar Hernandez as their center fielder if no changes are made, and that's a big if because I truly believe the Blue Jays are going to try and address that giant hole they have at center field. Um, Ty Oscar is offensively capable of playing every day in the outfield, but defensively, it's not even a question. Uh, We all know how his struggles in left field throughout his short Blue Jays tenure. Uh, Last season, he played 46 games, started 38 in left field, He committed three errors and recorded a negative one DRS, a 2.8 UZR, and a 13.3 UZR 150. So not bad, but it's a limited uh, action. So the numbers are a little skewed. But primarily last season, he played in center field after the Blue Jays decided to move Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to left field. So once Teoscar shifted over to center, the numbers got significantly worse defensively. So last season, Teoscar played 635 and two-thirds innings in center field, and he committed, uh, excuse me while I pull up the numbers, he committed no errors, but he committed, or he recorded a negative seven DRS, a negative 7.3 UZR, and a negative 13.2 UZR150. Now, I'm gonna throw a stat cast stat at you as well. Now, not many people are familiar with the outs above average stat, but basically, it's a stat very similar to defensive runs saved, but instead of saving runs, it's this stat is calculating all the Uh, corrections and values from catch probability so I'll put this in perspective for you who are for those of you who are new to this stat Victor Robles center fielder for the Nationals 
recorded a plus 23 outs above average rating last year. That was the best in the entire league. So there's the standard. Now for Teoscar, he recorded a negative five outs above average rating last year. That's really bad. Like Randall Gritchick recorded a plus six outs above average. And he's basically a, an above average fielder. Like that's it. And that's in right field too. And as we all know, right field and Rogers Center, not that hard to play. Like if Jose Bautista can play it pretty well, I think Randall Gritchick has it handled. So don't be fooled by that plus six outs above average for Gritchick if you're comparing his defense to Teoscar's. But still, a negative five, definitely not what you want from Teoscar. Now, if we look at it offensively, he had a roller coaster offset offensive season last year. So totally, he played 125 games for the Blue Jays last year. He hit 26 home runs, drove in 65 RBIs, recorded a 230 average, 306 on base, 472 slugging, and a 778 OPS. Additionally, Teoscar also recorded 242 ISO, which is very respectable. Actually, it's very impressive. So it shows how much potential he has as a power hitter. But Teoscar also recorded just 102 weighted runs created plus. So that's just 2% above average. That's not what you're looking for. Overall, Teoscar was a 1.2 Fangraphs war player last year as well. Now that is so low because of his defense. Because he's such a poor defender, that war dropped all the way down to 1.2. Teoscar put up the type of offensive season to earn a three or four war, but because he committed such awful defense last year for the Blue Jays, it dipped all the way to 1.2. And that's why we're having this discussion. That's why we're talking about who the Blue Jays can look to for center field next season. Because Teoscar Hernandez, I love him as a hitter, but defensively, it's not going to cut it if the Blue Jays want to contend next year. It's just not good enough. Um, and to put it in further perspective for you, Teoscar's also become a liability at the plate at times too. We all remember that he struggled to hit just a home run through the first two months of the season. I think he had two through April and May, and that's when the Blue Jays decided to send him down. Um, and even when he came back up, sure, the power numbers were nice. The on-base really wasn't, though. Like, he recorded a 9.7 walk rate, which, okay, that's the best walk rate of his time in the majors, but he only recorded a 306 on-base. Now, if you look at weighted on-base average, it's a little bit better. It's 325. But what's glaring is the 33% strikeout rate. That is way too high. Way too high for the Blue Jays to be able to rely on Teoscar as, say, their five or six hitter. Because we know throughout the Blue Jays lineup, one through four, solid. Don't have to worry about it. You got Bo, Cavan, Vladdy, Lurdes, Gurriel Jr. Don't have to worry about it. Don't have to think about it. That's solidified. As long as they don't get injured. Knock on wood. Through the rest of the Blue Jays lineup, guys like Teoscar Hernandez will need to step up for the Blue Jays in 2020 at the plate and defensively if he's still 
the everyday center fielder. Now, internal options for the Blue Jays. It's really thin. Sure, they have Jonathan Davis, who defensively is probably their best fielder on the team. On their 40-man roster, he's probably their best fielder. And it's probably not even close either. Jonathan Davis, last year alone, played 208 innings in center field for the Blue Jays. He committed just a single error, but he also recorded a 0.7 UZR and a 7.7 UZR 150. So in just that short period of time, he recorded those impressive out, uh, defensive numbers in center field. Like sure he committed a negative one DRS, but because he played in such a limited time, that number would have likely changed into the positive if he was given the regular playing time in center field. So Jonathan Davis is an option for center field, but because of his horrible hitting ability, the Blue Jays can't trust him at the plate. Last year in 37 games with the Blue Jays, he hit two home runs, which is nice, drove in six RBIs, which is okay. But his slashing line was 181, 266, 265, and 531. That's nowhere close to being respectable, especially at the major league level, even if the Blue Jays are just relying on your defense. You need to at least hit 215 at the minimum if you're a defensive first player. And it gets even worse too when you look at weighted runs created plus because Davis recorded a 45, a 45 weighted runs created plus last season. He was a negative 0.1 war player last year. If you were to play him in 80 games last year compared to 37, I guarantee that number would have dropped to negative 0.1 just by his offensive ability. His defense would have kept it up there, but if his defense wasn't, wasn't as good as it is, it probably would have dipped all the way to negative three. And that's probably not an overstatement. He is just god awful at the plate, and he can't even get on base either. That's the worst part about it. He recorded a 5.3 walk rate last year. Even if he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, if he was able to get on base, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Jonathan Davis would be the, if not the starting center fielder for the Blue Jays in 2020, he would be the fourth outfielder without a doubt. But because he can't hit at the plate to save his life, he's in question. He's also, surprisingly, older than Teoscar Hernandez. Jonathan Davis, next summer, will be turning 28 years old. Teoscar Hernandez won't turn 28 till after next season. So there's also that. There's also the age aspect of it to say, well, we basically know who Jonathan Davis is already. We know he's not going to be a slugger. Even though he hit 10 home runs in AAA in 82 games last year, we know Jonathan Davis is not going to hit. But if Jonathan Davis could produce... 11.4 walk rate like he did in AAA last year, he would be up in the major leagues with the Blue Jays instantly. Davis also recorded a 333 BAP with the Bisons last year. That's respectable. That's actually 
pretty good if he were to be able to produce that in the major leagues. But he hasn't done it yet. He was with the Blue Jays last season in the major leagues. He played 20 games for the Blue Jays in 2018. So he's had two shots at it in the major leagues. Davis also has just a single minor league option left starting next season. So once the Blue Jays send him down to AAA, which inevitably will happen, during the 2021 season, the Blue Jays will have to make a decision on Jonathan Davis. Now, they may not have to because hopefully they'll have a starting center fielder for next season, but that's just something to keep in the back of everyone's head. Now, the other internal options the Blue Jays have are Derek Fisher, Billy McKinney, and Anthony Elford. All three of those guys are already on their 40-man roster. However, neither of them are ever going to probably play at the major league level in center field. We've already seen it from Billy McKinney and Derek Fisher. They are definitely not capable of playing at center field, especially Derek Fisher. I don't want to go on a tangent about Derek Fisher because I, I for those of you who've who know me and follow me, know my opinion on Derek Fisher and how I dislike him very much. So I'm not gonna waste my time on him. Billy McKinney though, Billy McKinney is an intriguing option for a fourth outfielder to play one of the corner positions, but he's definitely not an option for center field. Now, Anthony Alford, that's a different story. Any, and, 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 excuse me, Anthony Alford, ideally, would be someone the Blue Jays would love to have in center field. They would adore placing Anthony Alford in center field for them in 2020. It's not going to happen because he hasn't been able to put it together in the major leagues yet. He spent time in the majors through three seasons so far. Last year, 18 and 17. He's all spent time in the, in the major leagues over the last three seasons and really hasn't done much to say to put himself above... McKinney, Fisher, Davis. He hasn't done it defensively or offensively. So the Blue Jays can't plug him into their center field to start next season because he hasn't proven himself worthy. Even in the minor leagues, because he hasn't been able to stay healthy, Anthony Elford hasn't proven himself to the Blue Jays at all. Like even last season, he split time between Buffalo and and rookie league because of the injuries but during his time with the the bisons he played in 76 games he hit seven home runs 37 rbis he recorded a 259 average a 343 on base a 411 slugging and a 754 ops that's respectable a triple a sure but those aren't eye-popping numbers to say well he needs to be up with the major league we all know what Anthony Alford is capable of because of what he's done earlier in his young career but as he's approached the major league level he hasn't proven himself worthy doesn't help that he can't stay healthy either but at the same time the Blue Jays are trying to contend for a wild card position next year and having Anthony Alford in their everyday lineup isn't going to accomplish that. So, right now the Blue Jays don't have any internal options 
to start in center field over Teoscar Hernandez, which is a glaring problem, which is why the Blue Jays have looked to the free agent market this winter. They're exploring the trade market to find a center fielder. Hasn't happened yet, obviously, but they have a lot of options. Currently in free agency, they've been looking at Marcelo Zuna. Now, Zuna can't play center field to save his life. He's a left fielder, which would mean if they were to sign him, they would either either have to trade Lurdy's Gurriel Jr. or move him to center field, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because Lurdy's Gurriel Jr. looked very good defensively in left field last year. I would be hesitant to start him regularly in center field because really, Lurdy's Gurriel Jr. played half a season in left field last year for the first time in his career. So we can't really slot him into center field and not worry about him throughout the season. I think that's premature to do that, which is why Marcelo Zuna isn't an option for the Blue Jays, and which is also why the Blue Jays likely aren't one of the five remaining teams who are interested in Ozuna. So, likely, the Blue Jays will look to the trade market. And ideally, a outfielder named Max Kepler from the Minnesota Twins would be absolutely perfect for the Blue Jays. He checks all the boxes for them. Offensively, defensively, age-wise, contract, like it's just off the board. He would be perfect for him, for them. Let me paint the picture for you. And I'll start with defense. Last year, Max Kepler recorded a plus seven outs above average for the Twins, which sure, it's close to what Randall Gritchick did, but Randall Gritchick, you have to remember, playing in right field, Max Kepler center field. And if you, if all of you remember, in Minnesota, their outfield is substantially bigger than the one in Rogers Center. So you have to give him more credit than you would give Randall Gritchick for putting up those type of defensive numbers. Now, Kepler also committed zero errors in center field last year for the Twins. He played in 60 games, started 53 for them. Would have been more if he didn't get injured towards the end of the season, but he played in 459 innings for the Twins in center field last year. He he recorded a plus three DRS, a 2.8 UZR, and a 9.5 UZR 150. Now, defensively, that is substantially better than anything Teoscar Hernandez will probably give the Blue Jays throughout the rest of his career. It's just not going to happen defensively for him. Now, offensively for Max Kepler, played in 134 games for the Twins, hit 36 home runs, 90 RBIs, recorded a 252 average, 336 on base, 519 OPS, or slugging, excuse me, and recorded a 855 OPS. Now, what stands out to me is that Kepler recorded a 121 rated, weighted runs, created a plus, a outstanding 267 ISO, and overall, he was a 4.4 Fangraphs war player. Additionally, 
Kepler recorded a 10.1 walk rate, a 16.6 strikeout rate, and a respectable, very respectable, 355 weighted on base average. Just looking at those numbers right off the bat, it's clear Max Kepler is a perfect option to start in center field for the Blue Jays. He's also going to turn 27 next year, which would be the same age as Tay Oscar and Jonathan Davis until Jonathan Davis turns 28 next summer. <clears throat> Kepler also is locked up long term. He's not going to be a free agent at least until the 2024 season. He has a club option during that season. So ideally, he's not going to go anywhere for the next handful of seasons. He also is, a, is signed at a very team-friendly dollar. Last season, made just $7 million. He was a 4.4 Fangraphs war player and made $7 million. I cannot express how exciting that would be for the Blue Jays to get that type of season at that dollar. It would be outstanding. He would be one of the best players on their team right away. <clears throat> he would also be the perfect five hitter to hit, to hit behind Lurdy's Gurriel Jr. or Vladdy, however, however way they want to construct the lineup. Although I will say, it would be very hard for the Blue Jays to trade for Kepler from the Twins. The Twins need him in center field, especially because of the injuries to Byron Buxton. At that dollar price too, the Twins would never want to part with him. It would be very, very hard for the Blue Jays to pry him away from the Twins. Even to construct the package, it would probably involve Nate Pearson. Like I do not think the Twins would shy away from asking for Nate Pearson. And obviously, that's not a move the Blue Jays should make because they need Nate Pearson to lead their rotation through the next decade. So, as, as much as I love and adore the type of player Max Kepler is, it would be virtually impossible for the Blue Jays to acquire him. Although, Byron Buxton is another can of tuna. He, now, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But what I will say is he fits a lot of the profile that Max Kepler is. Now, he didn't record the type of offensive season that Max Kepler did. Played in just 87 games, 295 at-bats. Hit 10 home runs, 46 RBIs, 262 average, 314 on base, 513 slugging, and an 827 OPS. Not terrible, but not Max Kepler. Buxton was also a 111 weighted runs created plus player. He also recorded a 251 ISO, a 314 BAP, and overall was a 2.7 Fangraphs war player. So not bad. Like offensively, it probably would have been a lot better if he was able to stay on the field. Now defensively, Buxton is arguably much better than Kepler and Kepler's a really good defender 
So that's saying something about Buxton. Last season, during 692 innings in center field, Buxton committed a pair of errors for the Twins, but he also recorded a plus 10 DRS, a 8.7 UZR, a 15.7 UZR 150, and a plus 12 outs above average rating. That plus 12 outs outs above average rating was tied for the fifth highest rating throughout the entire major leagues among outfielders. And to top things off, the Blue Jays probably wouldn't have to give up much to get him. He's also just starting arbitration. Last season, he was paid $1.75 million. This season, because of his injuries, he'll probably get paid somewhere around $2 million, somewhere in that area. He has one minor league option left, so if he needs to go down for whatever reason to fix things, the Blue Jays can send him down. He's also just about to turn 26, so he hasn't left his prime yet. And ideally, I would love the Blue Jays to acquire Byron Buxton. Because if he can stay on the field, Byron Buxton would be a perfect option for the Blue Jays in center field next season. He's way better defensively than Teoscar Hernandez. Also, from what we've seen throughout his career, he could potentially produce better offensive numbers than Teoscar Hernandez as well. And Buxton historically has been able to be more disciplined at the plate than Teoscar Hernandez as well, which is an added bonus. Now, for a package to acquire Buxton, it would probably require the Blue Jays to give up one of their young pitchers. Not Nate Pearson, obviously, because that's never going to happen. Nate Pearson ain't going anywhere. Don't need to worry about that. But someone like, probably not Trent Thornton, because you don't want to give Thornton up for a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career. But potentially somebody like Sean Reed Foley who hasn't been able to get it together so far in his young career. If he's in the bullpen, rotation, whatever, I'm sure the Twins would love to have him. So if you were to package him with, say, maybe Luke Maley to get him off the Blue Jays roster so that they can solely focus on Reese McGuire, Danny Jansen, or potentially the Blue Jays could acquire or not acquire, attach one of their very young pitchers from the lower minor leagues along with Sean Reefoy for Buxton to return. I think that would be a very reasonable package to acquire Buxton from the Twins, and I'm sure that could be a move rather than Kepler the Twins would be comfortable to make. So if the Blue Jays were able to accomplish this, their new outfield would consist of Gurriel Jr. in left, Buxton Buxton in center, and Gritchick in right field. And if you're wondering what would happen to to Teoscar Hernandez, well, he would become a utility player for the Blue Jays. He would likely primarily play at the designated hitter position, but since they're trying him out at first base this offseason, there's an option that the Blue Jays could start him at first base, if he, sh- if he shows that he's capable of playing there 
and not being not becoming a liability defensively. The Blue Jays could play him at first. Rowdy Telez at DH when he needs to get off his feet and just slug away. And the Blue Jays could also flip him in in one of the three outfield spots when Guriel Buxton or Grichik need a day off as well. So he could platoon all around the uh, diamond for the Blue Jays, which would be something they would like too because from what Charlie Montoyo, Atkins, and Shapiro all said at the end of the year, they want their next designated hitter to be more flexible. So instead of just having a guy who can play first base and slug with the best of them, they want a guy who can slug with the best of them, but also play a couple different positions as well, which would fit the bill of Teoscar Hernandez. And we wouldn't have to worry about Teoscar looking lost in the outfield anymore either, which would make everybody sleep easier at night. So as we reach the end of this episode, I hope all of you have a better understanding of what the Blue Jays' options are for resolving their issue in center field. Hopefully I've convinced a lot of you that Byron Buxton is a great option for the Blue Jays for the next season. And hopefully all of you come back next week for my next episode. And hopefully... You've all enjoyed this episode as well. Hopefully you listened to it a lot on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere where it's available. And I hope you tune in next week. Until then, I've had so much fun. And like always, this was Blue Jays World Update. And now you're up to date. Thanks for listening.